Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Here for the Crack with me, Emma Neil. How are we all? I hope you're all doing well. Thank you so much for the love on the last podcast, What I've Learned in Therapy. I'm so glad you all liked it and could take something away from it because that's all I wanted at the end of the day. It's weird, I've been putting so much pressure on myself because obviously that was quite a a big topic and then the one before that, Navigating Change, again, another quite big topic, you know, the response from it was so good and I've been really struggling with like, how am I going to match that? Every day I've just been thinking about what the fuck am I going to talk about? (laughs) That's going to, you know, how do I follow up from two big topics like that? So I've had to have a good talking with myself and being like, Emma, come on. You know, you can do just the shit chatting, girly chat podcasts as well, the random advice giving and Q&A ones too. Like it doesn't have to be all profound topics every single time. So I'm back. We're going to do a girly chats podcast today because I actually do love these, you know? I love listening to your dilemmas and I love just like pretending I'm your older sister and giving you (laughs) some advice that is probably not the best advice you're ever going to take. But at least it's something. I'll give you a quick update as to what's been going on in my life. It's not that interesting. (laughs) I don't know why I act like it is. It's really not that interesting. So I got back to Leeds. I am back in Leeds for the last four weeks of uni, which is fucking insane. Well, sorry, not in the last four weeks, the last four weeks of the year. I've still got another year to go. I don't know how I'm going to get through it. I mean, I think I will be okay. Every, I think every year you get a new, um, a new motivation or a new kind of, what do you call it? A new spurt, a new lease of life. I, you know what I'm trying to say? Like you just, you're in a new house, you're in a new environment, you've got new modules. I just feel like you get a bit of a new zoomph, you know? All of a sudden you think you can do it again. But right now looking at it, I'm like, I don't know if I can do another year. But I can, I know I can. I just need, um, I just need a summer holiday. <laughs> no, I think, honestly, holidays probably throw you off more because you're like dreading going back then. But no, I can't wait for summer. Anyway, I'm on a tangent here. Um, so I'm back for my last four weeks of of the year. I've got a few assignments now to hand in over the next four weeks. I've kind of fucked myself over. It's going to be an intense four weeks with absolutely no fun. <laughs> no going out, no, yeah, nothing. Just um, working, which is fantastic. But I've got no one else to blame but myself. I don't mind, though. I would rather have that and then... Like, I'd rather be able to enjoy myself and then, like, just have a bit of crunch time. Do you know? This is my crunch time. I'm going to do it and at least the end is in sight. It's literally in four weeks. I I know I can do this. And you all can do it too. I believe in all of you. Like, this is the thing. When you start stressing about this stuff, you need to think, do you know what? It's going to get done no matter what. There's no point stressing about it because at the end of the day, you are just going to sit down and do it. And yeah, it's going to take over your life for a few weeks and you're not going to have the best few weeks of your life. and you're probably gonna feel a bit shit and run down by the end of it but you'll get there and you will come out the other side and then you can enjoy summer and not think about any of this so yeah that's where I'm at and then this is actually really exciting so I think it was like two days ago I booked my yoga course finally so I will be flying to India in four and a half weeks time to learn to be a yoga instructor to do my yoga teacher training it is a three-week intense course no days off 
I think you're up at like half five, six every morning. You know, you do your meditation, you do your first class and you have your breakfast and you have another class and you've lunch and then you have another class and theatre. There's always, there's, so you've got like your practical classes, like your actual yoga classes. And then you've also got your theory classes as well. So yeah, it's a combination of both of them. Plus then you'll have to do reading and stuff in the night. You eat like a full, I think they call it a yogic diet. I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure it's called a yogic diet, which is pretty much like, it's not too far off of a vegan diet. I think I'm going to have to email them though. That's reminding me. I'm going to have to email them and tell them that I'm vegan because I think they still eat some dairy products. Like, you know, like kefir and uh, I don't know. I want to say like a few cheeses. I don't think they would be drinking cow's milk or anything. I'm not really 100% sure to be honest, but I know they don't eat eggs. I don't think they eat too much dairy. So I don't think that'll be an issue. But yeah, it's like a mostly whole foods, you know, lots of beans and pulses, chickpeas, lentils, rice, um, fruit and veg, smoothies. I, I don't know. I think it's just very whole foods based. So yeah, I'm flying from Belfast to London and then I didn't know this, but you can fly direct from London to New Delhi. And then it's like a, f- you can't actually fly to a close airport to the place, but I think I'm just going to get a airport transfer which is going to take about five hours drive. It's not too bad. That takes me to this place called Rishikesh in India, just north of Delhi. And it's kind of like in the mountains. I think it's maybe a little bit jungly. I'm not 100% sure. I just know that because it was kind of between... Rishikesh is like a big, big yoga place. Like there's so many different yoga schools in Rishikesh, which is why it was actually quite hard to decide on one because there's just so many. So it was between there and Goa, but the thing that made me choose Rishikesh was actually that because of how much further north it is to Goa, it means that it's not rainy season in June in Rishikesh, but it is in Goa. To be honest though, rainy season in any country usually isn't that bad. It would only rain for maybe two hours of the day and then the rest of the time it's warm and sunny. So it's not it doesn't matter that much, but I just thought, well, I may as well go to Rishikesh and it be nice and sunny all the time. Although it's, it says it's going to be 35 to 38 degrees, so I'm probably going to melt. So yeah, three weeks of intense yoga in Rishikesh. I'm so excited for it. I will come out of that with like fully qualified with my certificates and everything ready to teach. Now, I don't necessarily want to be a yoga instructor or anything. I just think this is going to be a really nice thing to have. Even if I was to go on and never teach a single yoga class in my life, which I don't think will be the case. I think I will plan on doing even just like one a week or something. Even Yeah, so sorry. Even if I wasn't to do that, I still just think it's such a good thing if you're into yoga to do to understand the practice more and yeah I don't know I think I think it's just a really nice way to spend three weeks if you enjoy yoga because although yeah it is intense and it is going to be a lot it's going to be a lot of what I actually love even though it is is technically a holiday you're also really getting something out of it that's really going to benefit me in terms of getting a qualification yes but in terms of like my mind and my mental health and everything and my body I think that's like a huge aspect to it as well And then I'm actually going to fly from Rishikesh down to Goa for just over a week. I think it was like eight or nine days. Now, I know I just said Goa will be in rainy season, but as I said, like, I don't think it should affect it that much. Like when I was in Thailand in rainy season, it really didn't affect us that much. 
So yeah, I'm going to go for a nice little relaxing week on a beach. I was looking up hostels the other day, just out of curiosity, like I'm not going to book anything just yet because I don't know, I think I'll just wait till closer to the time. But see, just going on booking.com and seeing four pound a night hostels with breakfast included, I was like, oh my God, yes, get me back to that. I actually just can't wait to jump around all the different cute little pretty beach hut hostels and just literally chill out in the beach for a week. I know Goa is like big into all their big trance beach parties and their psychedelics and all. I don't think (laughs) that'll be for me to be honest after three weeks of yoga but I think I'm just gonna want to chill. Yeah they have like a shitload of party hostels and all that but I don't think it's my scene for this trip to be honest. (laughs) I don't think it's really what I'm going for. I literally just want a book in one hand, a coconut in the other hand and not move from the beach every day while I'm in Goa for 10 hours. (laughs) India is a place I would absolutely love to travel around but I'm not gonna do that this time. First of all it's not peak season. Second of all I wouldn't be comfortable doing India on my own as a solo traveller just because it's not as commonly done. Places like Southeast Asia and like Europe are also commonly done that you're constantly going to meet other people in uh, places but I don't think India is as commonly done. I think the accommodation is more kind of like homestays and stuff like that. It's also just fucking ginormous. Like I would not know how to go about. People used to always say this to me like how do you even go about planning uh, when you were backpacking? But the thing is, is that Southeast Asia is so easy to get around and so commonly done that there's so many routes that you don't even have to think about it. Whereas India is ginormous. Like, I can't even comprehend how big it is. Something that looks like it's close together on the map, you look up and you actually have to get a flight to it or it's like a 10 hour drive. Everything is so, so far away from each other. And I just... I don't think I could cover any amount of ground in the time I would have so that's why I've just opted to literally just do the yoga thing and then a week chilling. So I'll be coming back from India at like the start of June I think it's the third or sorry July I think it's the third of July I fly back so I'll be in Belfast for all of July and August and I'm actually thinking it would be good to do a little yoga class once a week if it's something people would be interested in. I haven't really looked into it. I need to do a bit of research in terms of finding studio space and stuff. But if anyone listening to this is from Belfast and knows of anywhere you can rent, please do let me know. And yeah, let me know if it's something you guys would want because I would actually love to do that and it'd be such a nice way to meet some of you and for you to meet each other. And we could just create a little yoga community. It would be so nice. And then I was also thinking when I come back to Leeds, I could, because I don't know, I think Uni of Leeds have a yoga society, but I'm not 100% sure of whether Leeds Beckett have a yoga society. And I was thinking, surely I could take a class for the uni, like as a yoga society, and then I wouldn't have to pay rent. Well, obviously I wouldn't get paid for it, but I wouldn't have to pay rent on one of the rooms because we could use one of the studios at uni. I don't know, just a thought, I'm kind of thinking ahead here, but could be an idea. Right, enough of my fucking yoga, let's get into the podcast. So I put up on my Instagram story to send me your girly dilemmas. So here we go. 
was ghosted by a lad who gave me the ick at first and then once I liked him he left Mm. do you know what this sounds like a power trip kind of thing to me I wouldn't be surprised if this guy has done this several times to other people you know some people just like that they like you know playing a bit of the game and then as soon as someone catches feelings they're just like oh I'm out (laughs) on to the next one yeah, I wouldn't worry about that, to be honest. You don't really want to be with someone that's like that. They, I don't think someone like that is ready to for anything serious, you know? That he's probably freaked out at you starting to like him and that's why he's jumped ship. A girl has sent in, seeing a boy for 1.5 years plus, his family won't let me near the house because I'm Catholic. God, you actually, I forget that this still exists, you know? And I know that's quite naive of me to say. I think just, I don't know, I think just the way I've been brought up because one parent was Protestant and one was Catholic and then they didn't christen any of us. So we were just like never involved in religion whatsoever. The school I went to, primary school and secondary school, were both fairly mixed. So I, yeah, I don't know. I kind of just forget this kind of mentality still exists. But which is really sad because like it doesn't make you a bad person. I said this before, but I think religion should just be a personal thing in the same way people are spiritual and believe in other things like crystals and I don't know. (laughs) It's a hard one because it's obviously nothing to do with you. It's just the parents' preconceptions and how they've been brought up, you know? It's a whole lifetime of, of living and of opinions and everything that's got them to this point and the chances of you being able to change that are very very slim but I suppose what you maybe can do is get your boyfriend to sit down and have a proper conversation with them about how if he's really serious about you then they need to be more accepting because this is potentially gonna be forever or at least a long-term thing yeah I would say he really needs to sit down with him and explain that explain how much it means to him and how you are still a lovely person and they shouldn't judge you because of a religion okay next one recent breakup how do i overcome this lol i'm sick of doing everything myself when you're used to doing stuff with other people then doing things on your own you almost need to give time to like you'll get bored of it and you'll get you'll get annoyed at it and then you'll fall in love with it And you need to kind of wait that out and keep doing it until you actually genuinely enjoy your own company. You need to start doing things for you because you enjoy them and not because you're going with someone to do something or because your friends like doing it and stuff like that. You need to just like take yourself out to your favourite cafe, bring your favourite book, book your favourite, you could fucking go to a trampoline class, I don't know. Go to like anything you want to do for you and develop your own interests and your things that you like to do on your own. Now, I know there's certain things that are just like, you know, not boring to do on your own. Like I'm not saying going out for dinner on your own is boring, but it's a little bit intimidating if you're going to be surrounded by other couples and families. It's not necessarily where you want to put yourself. But if you're going to put yourself in situations where other people are doing the same thing and going by themselves, you'll start to actually really enjoy it and then you'll end up getting like me where you become a lonesome hermit because you like it too much to the point that you don't end up doing anything with anyone or making plans with anyone ever 
<laughs> because you enjoy your own company too much. And that's the complete opposite end of the spectrum that's also a bad thing. I mean, it's not necessarily a bad, bad thing. Like, I suppose it has its good aspects, but I don't know. I think a lot of the time I do isolate myself. But I don't isolate myself in a way that I cry at night feeling lonely. Like, I feel I like doing what I do and I like doing the things that I do alone. And then looking back on it sometimes... No, do you know what it is? Okay, I think it's seeing other people do things with other people and then I'm like, maybe I should do that. But at the end of the day you shouldn't just do things because other people are doing them like if you're happy doing what you're doing then just carry on doing it but yeah there are times where I'm like come on Emma just make a little bit more of an effort with other people but I just can't be bothered some of the time anyway babes just carry on doing you find out what you enjoy also I'm sure you've got friends that are also single and or even ones that aren't but are will be willing to meet up with you and do things that you don't necessarily want to do on your own so reach out to them and you will get through it you'll come out the other side I believe in you okay someone has asked how long seeing a guy before I should ask about being boyfriend girlfriend I wouldn't say there's a set amount of time I would say if you're thinking about it though like if you're thinking about it and it's just the early stages I don't think you need to say anything just yet But I'd say if you're thinking about it and you're almost like getting bored of thinking about it, I think that's when you probably should bring it up. Chances are he's thinking about it too. And if there's a reason for not wanting to get into a relationship, you'd rather find that out sooner than later to just have the conversation. But I don't think you need to worry about it too early on. But again, there's no time frame in these things, you know. But I think if someone is messing you about for too long and they actually don't even want to get into a relationship, like just fuck them off. It's such a waste of time and I mean I know people can have their reasons and they're entitled to not want to be in a relationship that's completely fine but you need to know that so that you can choose to step away from it and not get hurt because if you're wanting that then what's the point you know. Moving on from an ex who has a girlfriend now and you're still single. Okay first of all I think it's bad that you know this in the first place. I mean, I know we can sometimes find these things out by accident, like someone will just, if it's, you know, if your boyfriend was, or your ex-boyfriend, sorry, was like someone, like a friend of a friend or is kind of like within the same circle, then you're kind of going to find out, aren't you? But I think if they're not in that circle and it is possible, you should just have them blocked on everything. Like there's no need to have to see them post anything about their new girlfriend or see anything to do with them I think it's one of those things where it actually does not matter how much you're over someone it still is just really weird to know that someone you loved before is like now saying all that shit to another person I don't think that's nice for anyone to know and that doesn't matter if you broke up three months ago I mean that would hurt more obviously or if you broke three broke up three years ago So if you don't have both of them blocked, as in your ex and his new girlfriend, I would do that straight away. I I don't think that makes you seem like you're being salty or anything. I think you're just literally looking out for yourself. Like, there's no need for you to go to bed at night seeing that shit. How do I get him to reply faster? We're exclusive, but not boyfriend-girlfriend yet. Okay, I'm just going to tell you this, and... You're probably not going to like it, but you need to stop caring about how fast people reply to you because it is just not a good way to be. I know people who are like that and 
I find it really, what's the word? Like off-putting or something? I, yeah, I just don't, I don't like it. I think it's very, not controlling, but what's the word? Like, I just don't think you should expect that of people. I think that people have their own lives and their own shit going on and they don't necessarily want to be in contact with everyone at all points of the day. And I personally am really, really bad at replying to absolutely everyone. But I, I just think you catch up when you catch up. I don't speak to my boyfriend every second of every day, but like when we talk on the phone, then you have more to speak about. Do you know what I mean? If you're not speaking on the phone, I can see your frustration or if you're not meeting up. But if you are either speaking on the phone or you are meeting up in real life, I would say it's actually a good thing to hold back on the texting front because otherwise you're going to see each other and you're just going to look at each other and be like, so. (laughs) So yeah, I would lower your expectations in terms of texting. It's one thing I really don't think matters that a lot of people place too much importance on. And don't get me wrong, I know that it's nice to receive like nice cute little messages and stuff, you know, nice good morning texts, good night texts, hope you're having a good day, miss you, that type of thing. But those are just like nice texts, like you don't have to then have full conversations throughout the whole day. How to get over trust issues from being cheated on and mistreated by boys. Okay, so I personally think do you know the way there's that saying and it's like respect isn't given it's earned I think the opposite with trust for me anyway I will by default trust people unless they give me a reason not to so if someone breaks that then yeah obviously you have a reason not to trust them but I try to never carry that over into other friendships or I was going to say relationships, but that's never really happened to me in a relationship, so I'm not speaking from experience. But I would like to think if that did happen to me, I would be able to separate that from, you know, separate that as being that person as opposed to all people are like that and still be able to have my trusting mindset. And I don't get me wrong, I don't mean I'll literally trust anyone in the world and tell them absolutely everything and open up to them straight away like it's definitely a process but I don't expect the worst of people straight away and I think that's the issue is when people have had their trust broken or have been cheated on is that they expect that of everyone else but I think you should actually I think when you start to expect the worst of people you're almost giving them grounds to be like that does that make sense whereas if you have high expectations of people then they'll want to meet those expectations for you as as a friend or as a boyfriend or as a girlfriend or whatever it is. Like, that's what I try and do. I try and have high expectations and I tell someone my expectations and then, you know, it's up to them to meet them. (laughs) Okay, this is a good one. I've realised I've spent an entire year cleaning up after other people, physically and mentally, and I'm so filled with regret and hostility about it It's made me lash out at my housemates at the wrong moment. My feelings are valid, but maybe expressed too late. Any advice on moving past anger slash guilt? Feeling guilty, I let myself do this for so long. Okay, so yeah, you're 100% right. Your feelings are valid. I am very like this with situations where it's like not big enough 
when it happens once to say something because then you just sound like you're being ridiculous and also it doesn't actually bother you when it's just happening the one time because you get past it you just forget about it but this constant thing that's happening over and over again and it's really getting to you you almost don't realize that it's getting to you until you get to that breaking point and you feel like you're gonna explode and it always results if you don't actually talk about it and address it it's gonna result in you lashing out at them for other things and holding resentments towards people and being cheeky towards people when they don't deserve it you know like they're just gonna get a bad side to you and have no idea where that is coming from and think that you're being a massive bitch because they're probably so naive to the situation like they probably don't even think twice about it but you're coming home every day after say a long day's work or whatever it is and the last thing you want to come home to is all this mess and then it's like oh fuck it's again and you're having to do that and it almost feels like a personal attack on you like you think that you'll start to think that they're almost doing it on purpose this is the same for a lot of situations like I know we're talking about tidying here in a house share situation but there's other things this can apply to and you'll start to think that they're doing it on purpose and that you know they know you're gonna clean up and sometimes that is a factor that plays into it you know when you start cleaning up after people that then they think oh well other people are cleaning up anyway but what they might not realize is that it's always you and that it's getting you down this much and sometimes people are just really oblivious like they actually just don't think about these things that much it will just take you sitting down with them and explaining to them how much it's actually been affecting you and all you need to say is that you're really sorry you didn't say this sooner but it's been eating away at you and it's really been affecting you all you need to say is I know it's not a big deal you know if it was just once every now and then but like it's really just getting too much for me it's the last thing I want when I come in at the end of the day and I find it's like affecting my relationship with you and then go on to say and I don't want it to affect my relationship with you like that's the last thing I want I want us to be able to put this aside and not hold any resentments but for me to be able to do that I need to tell you why it's annoyed me and how much it's annoyed me and I need you to change that And I know these conversations are really awkward to have. So it doesn't need to be so confrontational. I know I said you need to sit down, but I don't I don't physically mean you need to sit down at a table with them like it's in a fucking boardroom or something. It could be a voice note or a Snapchat video if you're not comfortable saying it face to face. Sometimes it is easier that way, you know, to just get it all out. And then once you've covered everything, then you can talk to them about it face to face. But at least that way then you've like covered everything you know you wanted to because sometimes if you do it all face to face you can like forget a lot of things and then looking back on it you're like oh I should have said this I should have said that like they don't know how serious it was or how much it was affecting me but I think that way if you just get it out on a voice note or a snapchat then you can be like okay let's talk about this tonight okay our next dilemma learning to like the person you see in the mirror now I have said this before I do want to do an episode on body image and body acceptance Um, I'm not quite there yet. I need to think about it a bit more in terms of how I want to come at it. There's a few topics like that where I'm like, I know I definitely want to talk about it. I just don't know what I need to cover just yet, you know? Like, I do really want to... Everyone people always ask me, why haven't you not done an episode on veganism yet? But it's because I really just don't know what angle to come at it from, do you know? Like, I don't want to come on here and be 
like a lecturing pushy vegan because that's not what I am but then it's like but how do I convey like it is something I'm passionate about so then how do I come on and talk about it in a way that's still accepting of both because I don't know yeah I don't know it's a hard one but it's something I'm still working out about talking about body image but I will just give you a few tips that I think really help one of them is to stop using any snapchat filters or instagram filters or whatever I don't know any of those filters stop using them because if that's all you're using when you're taking photos when you're talking to friends on snapchat whatever it is then what happens when you look in the mirror and you don't see that you know you're setting yourself up for not liking what you're going to see in the mirror so get rid of it second tip is it sounds stupid but spend more time naked not enough people spend enough time being naked and I know it sounds dumb but like if you never get used to your naked body how are you supposed to like your naked body or even accept it if you're just always hiding it under clothes and baggy things and you're just never seeing it like you need to be naked and see yourself naked to accept it in the first place so whether that's after you get a shower in the morning and you you know dry yourself down with the towel say you would normally put a dressing gown on while you get ready and then you would get changed throw the dressing gown away just get ready naked or I'm trying to think of other situations when you can be naked but it's quite limiting because you're hardly going to go to the gym naked are you (laughs) I don't know you could sleep naked you could do some yoga in your room naked I don't know (laughs) just spend more time naked and trust me it helps because I always find you know those do you know if you ever have like a period when you're sick or when it's really cold and you're just wearing a lot of layers and like baggy clothes all the time and then you almost like forget what your body looks like and then if you go to put on something that's not baggy you're a bit like (laughs) but nothing's actually changed apart from your mental state about your body so yeah just get used to yourself being naked take a few nudes put on your favorite underwear take a nude and don't send it to anyone just put it in your hidden album in your phone or even better just delete it but it just made you feel like a bad bitch for the start of the day okay this is an interesting one long distance relationships we want to buy a house but do we move in the middle to be fair um right okay so this is a hard one to answer because I don't know what how long you're talking or if it's like different countries or long but within the same country okay here's what I would say if you're in different countries obviously don't meet in the middle because then I I mean I doubt this is the case because you're hardly just gonna both move to a different country just to be halfway between are you I would hope not so I'm gonna assume say one of you's in the north of England and one of you's in the south my opinion on this is as much as I get that it is maybe fair to meet halfway in terms of for visiting family and stuff I don't think it makes any sense because you're just both having to start from scratch and have no family there or and no friends there for either person I think you should come to an agreement of where is best and where most feels like home for you two as a couple which you could maybe not agree with at the start and if both people in that situation are you know both 
quite close with their family in both home births, then I can imagine that would be a difficult decision to come to. But I don't think there's any point meeting in the middle. I think you should just decide one or the other because then at least that way you still have a support network. Like even if you're going to where he lives, you've still got his family, you've got his friends and maybe there's the potential to be introduced to some other people that he knows. Like you can you can make friends there. There's more of a starting point when at least one person knows people there. I think if you move somewhere where you don't know anyone, it's kind of like it's doable don't get me wrong like you can definitely do it but I think you're just going to regret it because why would you do that when you can have some sort of family around you contraceptive that isn't hormonal and makes me depressed uh good question (laughs) so there's only really three options of contraception that aren't hormonal and that is the copper coil which I no one can pay me to get put in as if I'm going to get a copper object put into my body that's absolutely not happening and the fact that we're expected to as well it's a whole other story secondly there is natural cycles which is basically monitoring your cycle so that you know when you ovulate and therefore you know when you are uh, fertile it does involve taking your temperature every morning like the second you wake up you have to take it because if you wait literally even five minutes it throws it off a bit so you have to do it the second you wake up uh, for it to be accurate and even there even then there's still a bit of leeway like you still do have to use condoms and stuff you know obviously when you are fertile or you can choose not to have sex then and then obviously third option is condoms so I don't know there's no like the pill is just a hormone thing there's no pill option that isn't hormonal because that's just what it is and the copper or no the coil that's like the marina coil it's hormonal but it's more localized because it's all like in your womb so that could potentially be an option I don't know I'm scared for life to ever go back on anything hormonal I couldn't go near it again especially after I read that book that book was the mo- that, what was it called period power it was the most interesting book I've ever read in my life I don't understand why there is not more education around women's health and periods and everything in schools like why did I learn what I learned through a book when I was 23 doesn't make any sense would highly highly recommend that for anyone wanting to learn more about their cycle and their bodies and hormones and contraceptions and all that kind of shit it's very interesting and also just very important like I again I don't know why we aren't taught this so yeah I mean personally I'm never going back to anything hormonal but I I do understand that it is the best option for a lot of people because you don't need to think about it do you you know if you've got the rod or anything in your arm it's just there you don't need to think about it it's easy you know you've a very very slim slim chance of getting pregnant so I do understand why it is the best option for a lot of people. I just think after learning everything I learned, I couldn't go back to it. And I don't want to scare anyone off by saying that, but yeah. Oh, we've got a juicy one. Hooked up with a guy who turns out was and currently is dating a friend of a friend. Do I tell? Yes, I think you should. I think if it was like some distant person that you didn't know and you just kind of like found out on social media or something that they had a girlfriend I think then I think well even then you could just message them but I think in this situation because it's a friend of a friend I think you 100% should 
and also you're not in the wrong like you didn't know he was going with someone at the time so you are not to blame for any of this it's completely on him just think if it was you would you not rather be told than live in the dark about something like that I feel like you probably would I know I definitely would and especially if like other people around you know and you were the only person that didn't know I think that'd be a huge kick in the teeth because then what if she does find out down the line and then it's like you've been hiding it from her at least this way you've only just found out so now you can just tell her someone has asked for advice on long distance relationship slash going into long distance so I assume you haven't been long distance and now you're going to be so I would say the big thing with long distance is that you have to remember right there's what five love languages isn't there what is it words quality time physical affection gifts and like acts of service or doing things for someone when you're long distance with someone out of those five things realistically there's only two things two ways you can show someone that you love them one is words of affirmation and one is I suppose gifts because you can you probably I don't know send each other a wee surprise gift or something every now and then yeah so you have to remember that if that's the only two ways that you can show I mean gifts don't really matter to every gifts don't matter to me I would never think about someone sending me a gift like that I mean don't get me wrong it would be nice but it's not something I think about so for me I would just say like it's the one thing that matters the words of affirmation so I think you really need to place importance on that and you need to be still telling someone how much you love them and how much you miss them and you know just the nice things you want to hear and what keeps you going in a relationship and facetiming and having proper conversations and not just like how are you type of thing although sometimes do you know what sometimes it is nice to like sometimes I'll ring my boyfriend when I'm just getting ready or something um he'll just be like working or something and we're barely speaking but it's like it's nice because it's, it's almost comforting it's like you just feel like you're together <laughs> like getting ready or you know what I mean that type of FaceTime call that can be nice as well but yeah I would just say I think you really need to place importance on really vocalizing how much you love someone and how much you miss them and how much they mean to you and you know if you're thinking about them tell them that like just don't hold back from saying that kind of stuff because as I said that's the one thing you can really rely on when you are doing long distance because you can't rely on going on nice dates and spending time together and being able to hug them and kiss them and all that kind of stuff I think for me as well I always need like an end point in sight I will always have my flight home for say three or four weeks time booked or I'll always have like the weekend planned for him to come out here and it just always gives you something to look forward to I know that wouldn't be the case if you were doing long long distance you know like in another country across the world I know that just works for me because we're both in the UK but um, yeah I think if you're both like in the UK and it is feasible to do that kind of like once every three weeks once every month type of thing definitely have it planned in advance to just give you something to look forward to otherwise you really kind of lose sight and motivation and you'll just be like why are we doing this oh someone has asked is flirting cheating okay if you're flirting with an intention it's still not cheating but it's not you shouldn't be doing it <laughs> like it's definitely a no-go I wouldn't say it's 
could be labeled as cheating but it's not really on but if you have some people do just have very chatty likable charismatic personalities that can come across as flirting when actually they're not flirting they're just being friendly a lot of people will misinterpret that if that's the case that's definitely not cheating but people that are intentionally flirting again yeah don't think it's cheating but maybe (laughs) maybe just don't okay guys i'm gonna leave it there for today thank you so much for listening to this week's episode hopefully now that i'm back in leeds and in a bit more of a routine i'll be back on the weekly podcasts but i'm not promising anything so don't hold me to that (laughs) anyway i love you all so much thank you so much for listening and i will speak to you next week's episode bye